Hi, everybody. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Funky Pharmacist Podcast. This is Sarah. I'm here with Hillary, and today we want to talk about what we're seeing around the store, what we're seeing as far as people coming in for consultations and just common themes. So let's dive in. Let's talk about kids' health. A big one's constipation, and that the parents don't want to be putting, um, having their kids take Miralax. They want more of a preventative root cause approach, and with that, there is an awesome resource that I give out to parents, and it's uh, Dr. Aviva Ram. She has an awesome website, and it addresses a lot of different children issues as well as women's health. And in her blog, I should say, it, it addresses probiotics, which are a must. A lot of uh, these kids coming in are not on probiotics, and when they are put on probiotics, things kind of move a little bit better. Number two is magnesium supplementation, specifically magnesium citrate. They also they have um, now vitamins make makes an awesome mag calcium chewable or tasty. Aviva's website offers a lot of kid dosing, so that's good. Sounds like a good resource. Uh, is there anything else we're seeing in kids other than just say immune support? No. And yeah, I guess that's another topic right there. Is diving into immune support right now with everything that's going on. So what would you recommend as far as immune support? I think key things to look into are uh, vitamin D supplementation, vitamin C supplementation, and in that we're going to talk about buffered and not buffered vitamin C. So if you want to achieve higher doses of vitamin C that are often needed for immune support, then you would want to go to the buffered. That's less chance of cramping as well as diarrhea. Zinc's a good thing to look into. Echinacea. Now, echinacea is not for everyone, so that's shows us, you know, if, it, if it's good for your situation. situation. Elderberry. Elderberry is huge. But there's also this, there's like a little um, shortage of elderberry right now. Yep. It's getting harder and harder to find. So if that's something you take, then you might want to stack up or learn how to make your own berries, which we can help you with. Or make your own elderberry syrup with the raw berries, which we can help you with. The other thing that we are seeing is a lot of people coming in complaining of fatigue, um, that type of thing. And um, a lot of times we do ask about thyroid. Thyroid's a, a huge player. We see that a lot with people. Correct. Thyroid, there's a lot of approaches, different approaches to thyroid. And I, I'll throw all my references out here. Uh, Dr. Isabella Wendt, she's a pharmacist who had her own thyroid issues, and she had to solve her own problems. She has written an awesome book. I think it's called Hashimoto's... Oh, Hashimoto's... I don't, I don't remember the, the term. That's all right. That's what Google's for. And she has an awesome Facebook page, too. So she will tell you different protocols and things to look at, such as vitamin supplementation, now vitamins, metagenics vitamins, they make a combination that has all the Bs, all the iron, uh, selenium, D, zinc, all these things that help your thyroid produce the proper hormones and supplement them. Diet's huge. Also, I'm a big believer in getting the right labs done. So a lot of, a lot of the time, these physicians are not pulling correct labs or looking at them in depth, specifically ferritin, vitamin D, T4, T4 free, T3, and then if an antibody issue is at play, then of course TSH and thyroid 
uh, peroxidase, things like that. But I should say about optimal lab values too. There was a woman who came in and she just wasn't her thyroid. Everything was checking okay on her on her thyroid panel, but it turns out that her ferritin was very low, which your body uses the iron to make thyroid and part of its thyroid production, but it, they use ferritin, which is your iron, your stored iron. So it's important to look at ferritin, which should be around optimal levels is between 90 to 110. Also vitamin D, vitamin, they recommend that vitamin D be up there as well, between 60 to 80. Good to know, good to know. Uh, other things we're seeing, as always, really since we've started, is um, a lot of depletions, um, drug depletions. We see uh, a lot of birth control issues. We recently had a young lady come in that was put on birth control not too long ago, and she was so anxious and sleepy that she would barely make it through a day at school. Working with her physician and her mom, they were able to get her lab values and find out that she was pretty low in things, correct? Yes, pretty low in D and B12 specifically. And once she was supplemented with that, it uh, got a little bit better. But on a side note, birth control and this isn't really out there. The doctors don't tell you, and you know, when you pick up a prescription, neither does the pharmacist. But with looking into it, birth control depletes folic acid, B1, B2, B3, B6, B12, could deplete C, magnesium, selenium, zinc, and CoQ10. All that. Which, with a young teenager, maybe a lot of those don't are not as important. But if they're having issues of fatigue or, say, um, constipation or something like that, mm -hmm. then those are the things that can be addressed rather than giving them a prescription for Miralax or giving them a prescription for... Antidepressant yeah. or anti-anxiety med, right? So we've been seeing a lot of that. The other thing um, that we've been seeing, uh, drug nutrient depletion, would be with statins. We see some statin, atrovastatin, simvastatin, lovastatin issues out there as well. And with that, what you mean is more of a muscle weakness, muscle ache type of thing, correct? Yep. So the main thing that should be addressed when anyone is on a statin, as long as it's not contraindicated, is to go on CoQ10. So it's a known thing that's all statins deplete CoQ10. CoQ10 is used in all your muscles, your heart being almost, almost your biggest, if not your biggest muscle in your body. CoQ10 is then needed to supply energy to all those muscle cells, ATP, it's all this biochemistry. So it's very important to, to supplement that. So if you're on a low-dose statin, 10, 20 milligrams, then you should probably be on a CoQ10 200 milligrams. Higher dosing of statins should be on 300 milligrams. All right. The other thing that is huge that we've been seeing for quite a while now is hormones. Um, we have had a number of people that we've been dealing with and working with with hormone issues. The one that sticks out in my mind the most is a um, lady that came in who was just severely depressed, she was angry, she was just over it and ended up getting her hormones tested and came back very low progesterone. She was having issues sleeping, she was having all sorts of issues, so um, we ended up making a capsule for her in the compounding lab and she's at a complete 360. Quality of life is so much better. It's amazing how much we overlook hormone problems. 
Correct. But even more than that, working, I mean, we should say that we were, are working with her physician. Her progesterone was very low. Her estrogen was very high. She drank 50 million Mountain Dews a day, which no one puts two and two together and, and sees that sugar and um, insulin resistance plays a big role in hormones as well. So by curving her diet a little bit on the, on the sugar, looking at her estrogen and helping her metabolize that better and supplementing with her progesterone. I mean, she, she was sick of herself. She, she did not like herself and she was doing it more to protect, to keep her friends. Right. But it's amazing what it's done. Um, we've seen a lot of other cases with that also. Uh, do you have any that come to mind? Yeah. And it's people who are perimenopausal, which is ages 30 to 50, there's people who are menopausal, so it just depends on, it's all women in different ages. And the main thing that we have seen is just a decrease in progesterone. But I should say that it's very important to have your estrogen and progesterone balance. So it's not necessarily those levels in itself, it's the balancing between the two, which is very important for uh, breast cancer prevention and things like that. It's more of a protective approach. Yeah, I will add into that that we recently had a lady come in that did a consultation with Hillary who had went to one of the local health food stores and purchased over-the-counter estrogens, and she was doing that. So when they reviewed her ZRT labs, uh, it was found that she was very high in estrogen, very low in progesterone. Uh, she had taken it upon herself thinking that this estrogen would help. The problem with that is she didn't know where she was on her hormones. And she did that, and she has a family history of breast cancer, which estrogen dominance is going to kind of feed that if it's underlying anyway. So that's kind of a scary thing to me. Um, it just goes back to what we're all about here. And make sure you know and you've done your homework and your research to be your own best health advocate. We are for everybody doing their legwork and figuring stuff out, but there's tools and definitely something you want to test before you just go adding supplementation and um, hormones. It is. I mean, it's a blessing that it's available, but then again, it is kind of scary from a, a pharmacist perspective. Um, you have to know what you're, what you're doing and you don't want to certainly harm yourself by giving yourself too much estrogen. Yeah, and that's, when we first opened the store, we were um, compared a lot to local health food and um, vitamin stores, and they would ask us what we were going to do to try to compete and keep up with these other stores, and the, the answers were not, because we are underlying, our foundation is a pharmacy, and the pharmacist that's here all the time, that can look at a person's supplementation with their prescriptions and help point them in the right direction with their practitioner working alongside of us most of the time in many cases to make sure that they're healthy and happy and we're making educated recommendations. Of course. And there's some things that are over our scope and we have the resources to refer those people to other practitioners. So I think that's very important as well. I would agree. I should also mention that um, Sarah mentioned ZRT Labs. ZRT labs are saliva-based tests, which we offer here at the store. But saliva-based tests are a little more accurate and it's a little better representation of your own estrogen, progesterone, any sex hormones profile in your body and what your body's using rather than the blood tests. 
Um, ZRT also, when they give you a report, it will tell you what they recommend to how you can fix imbalances and things like that, or what it could be attributing to, whether it be cortisol, thyroid, things like that. So it gives you a better educated and backed by science approach. We got into it a little bit earlier with the kids as far as probiotics and gut health, but I think we really need to tap into the fact that our total health is really so important and it starts kind of the foundation of it is in a good gut uh, health, good probiotic. And I think uh, we recommend probiotics for just about everybody unless you're really good at eating fermented foods or foods that naturally help that gut biome. We had a lady come in a couple weeks ago who had had pneumonia ongoing uh, for about three months, and she was on several different antibiotics. She came in, and she was just sick of being sick, and she wanted some recommendations and some ideas of what she could do. And our first thought after asking her a few questions was, you know, a good probiotic to get her gut back in order, which then helps everything else follow suit. So that's huge. And then we've also been seeing a lot of uh, SIBO. SIBO, yep. SIBO is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. I had a woman come in and we were discussing it together a couple days ago and she went to her physician to see what they thought and they did not know that term. So SIBO has some symptoms such as gas and bloating, abdominal discomfort, like cramping, uh, chronic diarrhea, constipation, food intolerance or sensitivities, weight loss, anemia. And all those symptoms sound like 50 million other different digestive issues. So you have to rule out H. pylori, then you have to talk about um, excess stomach acid, which a lot of people are on proton pump inhibitors like Prilosec, Omeprazole, even H2 blockers, Zantac, Pepsid. But high acid symptoms manifest itself as low acid symptoms as well. So you have to differentiate between that. You need higher acid in your stomach to digest a lot of your food, obviously, and to absorb vitamins and to be beneficial in other things. So gut microbiome balance, gut integrity, uh, making sure that you don't have any, I guess, leaky gut issues, it, gluten sensitive, I mean, it all falls in place. So that's a, that's a whole podcast in itself, but... But we're seeing a lot of that, and there's a lot of things out there that you can do. Um, not prescription, right? It's more of a, a regimen. It is. It is. Yes, it's maintaining your your gut lining and healing it with foods and things like that. So definitely. What else are we seeing out there with gut health? The other option we have out there that we see in a lot of people is estrogen dominance and hormone imbalances and one of the things that you can do to help that along with a lot of other things and just to generally detox your system is Metagenics has a really good detox that we tried not long ago. It was very good. Uh, I guess a detox for me, I was expecting it to be trips to the bathroom and uncomfortable side effects and it wasn't that at all. It was very easy to do. Uh, side effects for me were slight headaches um, a couple times and as weird as it is, I had really, really sweaty feet at the end of it, but that was all the toxins coming out of out of my body. Afterwards, we felt way better. No brain fro- brain fog, no uh, less fatigue and all that kind of thing. And it's a good detox, and it's a good detox because it hits on a lot of phases, right? Correct. 
Uh, most detoxes, unbeknownst to me before I started to uh, open the store, is I thought all detoxes were the same. So if you did an herbal detox, then you know it detox you. But looking into it, and Metagenics provides an awesome supplement that incorporates all this is you have phase one, two, and phase three detoxification pathways in usually in between your liver and urine and species that you get all rid of these toxins. But what's important is that you supplement them and you help promote these this process by vitamins and things, which the other detoxification um, packages or supplements, they do not incorporate that. So I think this to get more bang for your buck and to use these pathways the best that we can, you need to look for something with that approach. So, it, I mean, vitamin Bs, it supports your glutathione, it has all these amino acids that help, all these phytochemicals, um, like they'll use watercress and all these things that kind of help promote these detoxification pathways, which are important. And what are we detoxing, I guess we should say. I mean, it kind of helps um, your detoxification pathways to eliminate estrogens, to metabolize medications a little bit better. Um, to get rid of heavy metals such as mercury, uh, to promote alkalization of your body, it hits all those. Yeah, it's a great tool. All Metagenics products are awesome because they do so much of the legwork and they put so much time and money into the research and doing the testing that um, they're just great, great company and it's a great product. So if you're looking to feel better and you want to do some kind of, uh, Hillary mentioned, like an elimination diet or something like that, it's a really good place to start. And it's step-by-step. Step. There's a meal program. It's very easy to do. Uh, you don't have to go hungry while you're on it. It's just overall, it's just a great product. So if you want more information about that, you can always reach out to us, and we can give you more information on that as well. Other than that, I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. The huge one we talked about, of course, hormones. And I think the number one biggest thing people come in here with is anxiety. And there's not a correct answer to that until we talk to the patient and figure out what they have going on. But a lot of times it starts with looking at, you know, maybe they need labs done to check their B's and their D's and making sure they're on a good probiotic. And then if they are there, then maybe you need to look at thyroid. And from there, you maybe you're looking at, at your um, hormones. So it's all a stair step, and it's all just trying to figure out what that individual needs, and that's what we're about here. So... I think that's about it for this episode. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, I think in the upcoming podcasts, I mean, I think we'll have more hay fever, allergy type mm -hmm. issues coming up. So we can address that and what we're seeing out there, more spring issues. Yep. And we are going to be doing our next one. I think we're going to dive into the drug nutrient depletion a little bit more. And maybe we're going to look at um, reading labels for your vitamins and things like that. And, get more into the fact that all vitamins are not created equal in supplements and um, finding reputable sources is very important. And we're going to have Dr. Morris in the next couple episodes also. So stay tuned for that. And thanks for listening. Thanks.